Hello, and welcome to the Varsity Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Rich, and today we'll talk through the upcoming schedule. But first, we have a lovely chat with Dan Jansen of Capital City Pride. The Varsity and Capital City Pride have joined forces to put together a two-film program to celebrate LGBTQIA films and filmmakers with... In From the Side, which screens this coming Tuesday the 4th, and Joyland, which we'll be screening later on this April. Here's our discussion. Welcome back to the Varsity Cinema Podcast. Today we are joined by Dan Jansen of Capital City Pride in Des Moines. Thanks so much for joining us this uh, this morning. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about Capital City Pride and kind of what your role is within the organization, just for people that aren't in yeah, the Yeah, absolutely. Um, Capital City Pride is a nonprofit that creates activities and events um, and therefore safe spaces for the LGBTQ community and our allies. So we focus a lot on you know, community events, educational events, and we always say visibility is education. So we like to be out in the community. We like to you know, have a lot of fun events, educational events. We do everything we can to support. How did this partnership kind of come about with the Varsity? Did you guys, did Ben reach out? Did you guys reach out? Or how did that all kind of come together? Yeah, you know, I love the Varsity. Um, you know, probably like a lot of people, I, I was a frequent um, visitor of the Varsity back in the 90s in particular. And for me, the Varsity was always the place that I could see movies that weren't available elsewhere. So you could read about kind of art films or European films or, you know, more deep thought films. And and you could kind of count that they would eventually show up at the Varsity. And so I saw some of my favorite movies like Billy Elliot um, at the Varsity. And yeah, I always had just a real passion for it. So when I found out the Varsity was going to kind of recreate itself, I did reach out to Ben and just said, hey, you know, would there be an opportunity that we could do something together, you know, either through a kind of LGBTQ plus film festival or an ongoing collaboration? And Ben and the um, Varsity have just been amazing. And, you know, we're trying to figure out the best way to do this to attract, you know, people and provide that space again. And so super excited. This is this is going to be great. Wonderful. Yeah. No, the, the, the space has really come together and something uh, I wasn't expecting it to be as, as gorgeous as it uh, turned out to be. So that's really cool that you kind of frequented it, you know, previously and, and were familiar with the space. So to see the transformation, I'm sure was pretty, pretty incredible. How did the film selection come about? Did, did Ben kind of have these ideas over the titles or did you kind of reach out to him about these specific ones or how did that all kind of come together? Yeah. Um, kind of a combination of both actually. So um, Ben had talked about wanting to, you know, bring a series of um, movies or films to uh, the varsity that focused on LGBTQ culture, issues, life, dot, dot, dot. And so he threw out a few um, titles and um, I at the same time also threw out a few titles. What we wanted to ensure is that we were hitting all factions of LGBTQ plus, um, you know, it's uh, the default, well, I'm a gay man. So of course my, my personal interest often lies within, um, more gay films, but we wanted to ensure that we, you know, we're also providing entertainment for transgender people, for lesbians, for bisexuals, for allies as well. So, um, I think that, you know, so far we've come up with two really great movies and, uh, super excited for to see, well, we go live on Tuesday, so yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm excited. Uh, this episode will be up by by Monday, so I will be able to we'll be able to get a little promo going for um, I think In from the Side starts tomorrow or Tuesdays, and that's the one you have seen, right? I have seen In from the Side. So In from the Side um, is a British film, 
And it was not released in the US until recently. And so I had the opportunity when I was in Europe to actually see it. And so um, didn't really know what to expect. I mean, admittedly, it's, it's about a gay men's rugby team. So that kind of piqued my interest, um, but really enjoyed the film. And, you know, I've told many of my friends and other people that kind of the last 15 minutes of the film for me makes it, um, you know, not to give anything away, but um, I think it's actually, um, you know, there are some superficial pleasing things about the film, but there's also kind of a deeper meaning behind it as well. So enjoy the, you know, the juxtaposition of both of those elements. I haven't had a chance to watch this one or Joyland. I just time constraints, but I, I did watch both the trailers and I have to say in from the side looked really gorgeously shot. Like it looked absolutely beautiful. The acting, just judging from the three minutes that I could see, uh, looked really great too. So I'm looking forward to catching up with it at some point. I wish I could make to the screening, but uh, it, it does look like a gorgeous film. It looks charming. It might be maybe not the right word, but I don't know. It, it looked sweet and and uncomplicated so i think that's actually that's a really good synopsis that i mean it is there is something sweet and um engaging and maybe familiar to you know potentially a lot of gay men but it is it is challenging it it does um shine the light on difficulties and complications that you know a lot of us have in our own personal lives or have seen um, with others so I, again, I I really liked the combination of those two elements and agree it's beautifully shot. It kind of, it has a bit of a, um, uh, darker, a little bit rainy type, um, atmosphere, but in a, in a very European British way that makes it exactly what you said. It makes it very charming. Yeah. And those types of films appeal to me. I'm a very, uh, not doom and gloom, but I mean, I like that kind of like darker aesthetic, the rainy. I'm just into British films and those types of things and European films. So I like, I like that darker feel, you know, even if that's not tonally what's going on, just the look of it is, is uh, appealing to me. Yeah. And I think it is intentional. I mean, I, I think that they, they combine that kind of atmosphere with the you know, with the storyline and the plot. And I think it works really well together. I encourage people to go out and check that one out. I know this is a little bit quick notice, but but yeah, I, if you can go see In From The Side, that would be uh, excellent. And then the Joyland, and you said you had not seen this one, correct? I, I have not seen Joyland. Um, I think that the premise of the movie sounds fascinating. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. Basically, from what I gather, it's a... Uh, the tale of a kind of a family that is looking to birth a baby boy to kind of continue on the family's namesake and the 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 son that is uh, the one to kind of do it ends up kind of joining an erotic dance troupe and, and falls in love with a, a trans woman. So pretty, I mean, it, again, another like really beautiful trailer and another one I really want to see. And it's it's been pretty interesting to see kind of the rise in, I guess, more commonplace to see a trans character or trans story in kind of more, I guess, mainstream or, you know, films kind of in, I feel like it's just like typically relegated to more an indie sphere, especially in the nineties. It was a big, it's kind of the big, you know, kind of big scene at that point where it was really starting to pop off. So it's kind of cool to see that that's starting to kind of make more of a, a splash in more mainstream films or at least bigger indies, which is really, which is really great. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of pulled out of the trailer as well and reading a bit about it is it's also kind of that conflict between culture and, and love. So I, I believe the main character is from Pakistan. And so clearly somebody who's Muslim with probably a lot of cultural barriers that would allow him to fall in love with a transgender woman. 
And so I'm, I always like to, you know, learn more about some of these cultural barriers and how people overcome them and, and hearing their stories. So I agree. I'm, I'm really excited to see this movie. I, I think it's going to be a very beautiful artistic movie and, um, you know, it does incorporate some of those Bollywood type moments and feels within it as well. And I, I find that really fun and I'm, I'm really excited. Admittedly, I'll, I'll be honest, like I haven't seen a ton of films kind of in the queer LGBTQ plus, you know, like sphere. But I mean, I've seen things like Watermelon Woman, David Searching, I stumbled upon a few years ago, which I really enjoyed. And then um, I guess Short Bus would be kind of considered in that a little bit, which I really enjoyed as well. But uh, the one thing I've noticed is kind of the commonality between all those films is like just a genuine sense of tenderness. And I find that so, so interesting because that's not something you see in most films without them being labeled as maybe sentimental or a little saccharine. And this just feels so genuine. And I feel like that's, I don't know if that's indicative of of that type of filmmaking, like gay filmmaking or queer filmmaking, but I find that interesting that it just comes across as so, so genuine and and it, and it really kind of endears you to the characters a lot more than most Hollywood or other indies really. And I'm wondering like, what do you what do you attribute that to? Like, is that something that you've picked up on, or is that just something that I'm reading into? Or and and just kind of curious, like what what you might you know glean from that? I, I don't know. No, I, I do agree with you. I think that it probably um, results from a few different factors. The first being that I mean, LGBTQ plus people spend a lot of time, particularly in their younger years, hiding, and so you know you never as a young person or person going to the movie, it's more, you know, you may know about um, those individual struggles. And so to be able to see, um, you know, compassion and tenderness on the screen, I think is an important story to tell. And I, and I do think that's why um, you find that a lot in queer movies is that, you know, it's the, it's the humanization of our relationships because I, I think many people don't understand them. And so um, I do think that's one factor. The other factor is, you know, a lot of times just within the queer stereotypes, we're portrayed as the hysterical character or the, you know, the funny character or, you know, um, the uh, kind of bitter character or something like that. And, you know, I think this is an opportunity to show the other side of LGBTQ or queer people that you know, we're human, we have human uh, feelings, we have human relationships. And so I think that's, that's really important in the storytelling of, of, you know, within the cinematic uh, experience. It makes sense. makes total sense. You had kind of spoken about your taste a little bit, like you, you had seen Billy Elliot at the theater, you know, previously. And so just for people out there that are like myself, I guess, that are kind of maybe uh, not as in the know of like really great you know, films in that sphere, like what would you recommend for like, like a top three or something like that are some of your favorites that people should definitely check out to kind of like get them into the world of, of, of that type of like gay queer cinema. That's really tough. Honestly, I will have to say, and as of recent years, In From The Side has really touched me somehow. So I'm, I'm very happy that we're going to show that film on Tuesday, just because I think it captures this, you know, the complexity of a human having to make decision about love. And I do, you know, I do kind of trend towards things that are a bit more heavy. Um, That's my personal, that's my personal preference. But, you know, I mean, then there's also the funny queer kind of hysterical movies like The Birdcage, which I also find entertaining and, and absolutely amazing. So 
I think it's it's difficult to really say, you know, these are my top three. I, I think that there's usually by titles or by just reading a brief description, I feel like the movies are pretty accurate in what they're going to portray in that movie. So yeah, I think it's just up to the individual to really just do a little bit of reading and just go for it. I spend a lot of time on Hulu or Netflix kind of looking into queer movies. And there are just so many. And I've been very, very pleased to watch so many that engaged me. And I don't know, I still feel like I'm learning as well about, you know, the different factions of LGBTQ. And I don't know, maybe I I continue to learn about myself through these movies as well. But I, I think that's a very safe space to give it a go, you know, dip your toe in. But I just think that that there's rarely a terrible movie that, you know, people won't want to watch. I, I think if you open your if you open your mind and you try to put yourself in that situation, regardless of the sexuality of it, I think, you know, people will find a, you know, a, a beautiful story or a funny story or, you know, another one I know a lot of people went to was Bros that came out last year. And that was kind of ridiculous, uh, funny, but that's good too. I mean, we need all types of movies. Yeah, no, it's that's great. I, I love that you said, you know, it's kind of you're you're learning more about yourself as you continue to watch these films and stuff. And I think that's why kind of what makes me so obsessed with films as well is, is that I just I love kind of unlocking little little secret passageways inside myself, you know, when I'm watching something like, oh man, I didn't know I could feel that way about this or this or um I, I do feel this way and I've never seen it portrayed on film or, you know, it's just so that's really cool. Um I can vouch for the bird cage as well. I think that movie is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Uh big fan. So yeah, that's great. Um I actually saw it to Wong Fu um like for the first time last week and loved it. It was so good. Um, so I don't know how you feel about that one, but I, I just thought that was such a, like a really cool story, um, with really strong performances and yeah, I loved it. Agree. That's one of my favorites. Priscilla, the desert is, you know, a cult classic. It's a great movie. There's really, you know, even if you go down to just some of the, um, the characters within movies, there's actually a lot of, um, queer influence in, um, movies that come out every day. So, and it gets more and more, and I think that's important. It, it is becoming more, you know, mainstream and accepted. And I mean, at the end, that's what we want. Again, visibility is education. So again, kind of going back to uh, me reaching out to Ben and Ben and I talking about doing this series, so important for people just to see, um, you know, queer movies um, in the varsity theater, because, you know, it just goes back to visibility. It gives people a really safe chance to learn something about the queer community. Absolutely. And and actually you kind of teed that up really nicely because I know I'd mentioned largely, I feel like when I started to see a kind of a, a like a huge slate of, of gay and, and LGBTQ plus movies kind of coming up, uh, it was more in the 90s uh, video store era. I was seeing a lot of tapes and, and a lot of buzz about certain films. You know, even like Queer as Folk was kind of becoming a thing and, and, and on TV and things like that. So I'm kind of curious, speaking about representation, what do you wish to see, I guess, going forward? I guess we kind of nailed it a little bit just saying, you know, you, more is, is better. Visibility is education. So that, I mean, that's the obviously clear thing, but I do feel like it's progressing. I feel like it's becoming more prevalent, but um, but I am I am kind of curious, like, what are you, what are you hoping to see, I guess, in the future of, of cinema at the very least in the next, like, I don't know, 10, 20 years? Like, what, what are you hoping to see as far as that type of representation? Well, I don't know. I think at the end, it's about comfort and excitement. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, regardless of what the, the movie is, I think people should feel 
comfort in going, you know, not feeling awkward, not feeling threatened. I mean, that the cinema space is safe. You know, it's a place where people can go and they can watch a story about somebody else and maybe think to themselves, gee, what would have I, what would have I done in that situation? Um, I, I think that's really important. Um, but, you know, people should be excited about learning new things or seeing new characters or seeing different lives or, you know, in places that we may never get to go. You know, I mean, cinema allows you to travel the world, to travel the universe in some instances. And I mean, what a what a great thing that we can go into a theater and for two or three hours just sit back and travel the world and, you know, take part in somebody else's story in life. And I think that's what I, I really hope that people take that chance, you know, that they, that they want to go in, that they, you know, want to be entertained, that they, you know, that they want to learn something about somebody else, something else about themselves. So I think, I think that's the biggest hope, um, you know, regardless, I mean, we can extend that to all cinema. Um, it doesn't have to just be queer cinema, but of course, um, the more blurred the lines are between quote unquote normal cinema and queer cinema or, you know, black cinema or minority cinema or, you know, Muslim cinema or dot, dot, dot. I mean, the better, because then it's just, it's just life, you know? And but I think that's the goal. Well said. I just wanted to say thanks again for joining me this morning and, and where can people kind of find out more info on Capital City Pride and, and any upcoming events you guys might have going on? Yeah, we have, um, our website is www.capitalcitypride.org. Um, and on the website, we provide a list of our events and activities. We also have our Facebook page and we always talk about upcoming events. So that's also Capital City Pride, um, within Facebook, um, I think there might be one other, I think there's another Capital City Pride in Washington. So make sure you have Des Moines, but uh, no, those are, those are two great places um, that people can, you know, see what we're doing and what's going on. Dan, again, it was a, it was a pleasure to talk to you this morning and, and thanks again for your time. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, big thanks to Dan for his time and some really thoughtful insight about uh, LGBTQIA films. I really had a good time chatting with him and and, uh, getting his take on some films. This month's calendar in particular is going to really really whet your appetite, I think. There's some really great stuff coming up. As we mentioned earlier, In From the Side will be screening on Tuesday, April 4th for the Varsity Pride series. Well, that was a tough game. I think I'm going to be walking funny for a few days after that. Now for Man of the Match. Well done, Mark Newton. Are you in the A squad? I saw you at the clubhouse earlier, but I've not seen you around before. Yeah, I've been out for a while with an injury. I'm Warren. I think you're right. I have a boyfriend. He's in my team. So take a breath and feel your head in my Cause I'm by your side. What are you doing this week? I want to take you out. You're unbelievable. Oh, uh, John, these are my teammates. This is Pinky and Mark. Mark? I'm John, this is Warren, my partner. Oh, you're gonna be trouble. For years, we fought tooth and nail to get the recognition and the respect that we now have as a serious club, not some novelty act. I won't go back to that. You think I like having to hide this from everyone we know while I watch you parade around with it? 
It's not the same. Like, what is it you want from me? I love you. I hated rugby in school. Did you know that? Then I met all of you boys. It was like finding a family. This isn't fair. No, it isn't. Breaking all the rules. Not doing so well, are we? We also have Paint, starring Owen Wilson as a Bob Ross-esque painter of landscapes with the tagline, Go to a Special Place, and the description is as follows. Owen Wilson stars as Carl Nargle, Vermont's number one public TV painter who is convinced he has it all. A signature perm, custom van, and fans hanging on his every stroke. Until a younger, better artist steals everything and everyone Carl loves. Our goal is pretty simple. I want to help you get what's in here and just splash it onto there. Don't worry, it's not rocket science. It's harder. Thanks for going to a special place with me. Carl Narkel. Cut it. That tree is probably too tall. Brace yourself, you are going to get some calls. About that. Mr. Nargle, it is an honor to meet you, sir. Wait, what's going on? Hi, friends, and welcome to Paint with Ambrosia. It takes paint to a whole new place, and it's been a lot of places. Good night, everyone. I've never seen him that mad. Does this mean I'm here? Don't let fame bring out the worst in you. A real man never looks back. He's the new tote bags. It's only because yours weren't selling. You're lucky I'm an artist instead of a woman who says really mean things to other women. You were an artist. A real artist follows his heart. My Uber is here. I don't know what that is. It's goodbye. How's everything going? Awesome. What's the image tucked away in your brain that makes your heart ache and your soul feel like it's going to burst? Carl is one-dimensional and very sexist. You know I don't care what people say about me. Yes, Burlington. Carl stole my newspaper. Yes, we're aware that Carl is stealing newspapers. Please hold. We have a spate of baseball films just in time for the start of the baseball season with classics such as Kevin Costner Vehicle and Iowa Favorite Field of Dreams. The Sandlot, which is a personal childhood staple for me, uh, for our Cinema Clubhouse series, and Rookie of the Year. Make sure you check the events calendar, as most of these are playing multiple times through the month. The Field of Dream screening, however, is only happening on April 7th and includes a special in-person guest introduction, so definitely uh, do not miss this one if you can swing it. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, 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 you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. All right. These are s'more stuff. Okay, pay attention. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate 
on the ground. Then you roast the mallow. No, it's my sleeping bag. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate. Then you cover it with the other end. Yeah, me too. Then you scuff. In preparation for the new Nicolas Cage film Renfield, which opens Thursday, April 13th at the Varsity, in which Nicolas Cage stars as Count Dracula, uh, we will be showing his newly reappraised classic Vampire's Kiss from 1988 on Friday, April 7th. Am I getting through to you, Alva? For a special one-night screening on Tuesday, April 11th, we'll be showing the brand new documentary Little Richard, I Am Everything, which sounds honestly really incredible. Uh, the trailer's super cool. You've got appearances by uh, people like John Waters in it. Little Richard, I Am Everything tells the story of the black queer origins of rock and roll. It explodes the whitewashed canon of American pop music to reveal the innovator, the originator, Richard Penniman. Through a wealth of archive and performance that brings us into Richard's complicated inner world, the film unspools the icon's life story with all its switchbacks and contradictions. It's just like a shot out of a cannon. His voice? The... My God, who is that? He created the rock and roll icon. Sorry, y'all. It wasn't Elvis. I am the king of rock and roll! The first songs that you love that your parents hate is the beginning of the soundtrack of your life. Little Richard's lyrics were too lewd to get airplay on the radio. They was not that dirty. They were just as clean as you were. The South is the home of all things queer. They called him a sissy, a punk. I was not supposed to be the hero for their kids. Little Richard has an incredible string of hits. And so what they did was they said, we're going to put the white bucks on him. Shut up! The legacy of Little Richard is complex. Did you know that Elvis Presley and Pat Boone sold more of Tutti Frutti than I did? Little Richard was renouncing his queerness. He didn't want to burn in hell. That's the way we were taught. He was very, very good at liberating other people. He was not good at liberating himself. Little Richard gave the world permission to be. Ready, set, go, man, go! Ball, walk a door with ball, head salad. He saw Aunt Mary coming and he ducked back in the alley. Michael was inspired by me. Prince James Brown, I discovered him. Jimi Hendrix was my guitar player. I used to stand on the desk and do Little Richard. I love you, Paul. Hello, Linda. Everyone was beholden to him. He spit on every rule there was in music. I was unpredictable. They didn't know what I was going to do. Now, you got it, God damn it. Show it to the world. Twenty-seventeen's highly regarded Columbus makes an appearance on Monday, April 24th. Star Trek's Sulu, or as I like to think of him, Spike Spiegel from the Netflix Cowboy Bebop live-action show, John Cho, stars as a Korean-born man that finds himself stuck in Columbus, Indiana, where his architect father is in a coma. The man meets a young woman who wants to stay in Columbus with her mother, a recovering addict, instead of pursuing her own dreams. After Yang's Kogonata directs. This will also feature a special in-person intro as part of our Architecture Month special event, Modernism on Screen. 
There's this belief that if you're not there when a family member dies, your spirit will roam aimlessly and become a ghost. I saw you at the hospital. Are you from here? Yeah. You like it here? I'm really interested in architecture. Yeah, I hear this town is quite the mecca. There were nights that my mom just wouldn't come home at all. Mom, it's me. Call me back. How long do I stay here? As long as it takes. You're his son. I want to show you something. This was one of the first modernist banks in America. Who are you? <laughs> God, shut up. I'm just trying to tell you about this building. Why aren't you at the hospital? He was never interested. You don't want him to get better? Maybe not. You like her? I think she's bright. You, of all people, should be in college. I just think I should stay here. You are smart and talented. You could do a lot better. Than what? In the middle of all the mess, <laughs> suddenly the place I'd lived my whole life felt different. I'd been transported somewhere else. And finally, the aforementioned second feature of the Varsity Pride collaboration with Capital City Pride, Joyland, will be screening on Friday, April 28th. Jokes, Nakwi. A mother no more gina al piyar ho gaya. Mother to more gina papi ki thi. The mother bird flu to mar gaya. The more gina dengi to. Puch kyu? 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 Maabat daan jam maat hai. For our midnight screenings, we are showing the mystifying and immersive world of Andrei Tarkovsky, with one of, in my opinion, uh, the best films ever made, Stalker from 1979. Near a gray and unnamed city is The Zone, a place guarded by barbed wire and soldiers, and where the normal laws of physics are victim to frequent anomalies. A stalker guides two men into The Zone, specifically to an area which deep-seated desires are granted. This is a uh, tonal experience like no other, and, and totally not to be missed, so... If you can catch it on the big screen, that is the way to see this film for the first time. This will be screening Thursday, April 6th. The other 
special midnights at 10 screening uh, will be for a movie called Samurai Cop starting Thursday, April 6th, uh, and that's from 1991. The tagline for the movie, you ask? I'll tell you. You have the right to remain silent. Dun-dun-dun. Dead silent. I think that sells itself, don't you? Don't move! What are you gonna do, shoot me? So they call him Samurai, huh? His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. Omaha, Yamaha, whatever his face, his name is, right? Are you Fuji, Fujiyama? He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. He was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us. I want him dead! I want his head cut off and brought here! I want his head on this piano! I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. And we'll see who the real samurai is. God damn you guys! All you've done is cost me bloodshed and mayhem! Who hired you? Tell me who hired you to kill a cop! Hey, look! Police! Don't move, you're under arrest! Stop! Hey, counselor. <laughs> we'll see you in court. <laughs> well, this one's dead, too. Not captured alive. Have you been circumcised? Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. No, he uh, he was a good doctor. I gotta be honest, I think Samurai Cop wins for probably the most entertaining trailer, if nothing else. So uh, if you're into those types of films, definitely do not miss this one. Well, we've got such an awesome and jam-packed April ahead of us, and just can't wait to see everyone at the screenings. So as always... Make sure to head over to varsitydesmoines.com to secure ticketing and gather uh, screening times, membership information, check out our blog, and, and many, many more items there. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll meet you in the aisles.